and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Script Show, where we're talking about your favorite movies, what was good, what was bad, and how we can improve on things. We don't just talk about the problems, we give solutions to the problems. And today, I got my main doctor back in here talking about superhero movies, Dr. Saga. You've gotten really good at that intro. Thank you. <laughs> I've done this for over 40 episodes now, or something around that. <laughs> All righty. So, what are we watching today? Uh, we're talking about the best Marvel film out there, <laughs> Undisputed, Iron Man 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know this is your favorite movie of the MCU. If you count favorite as being... <laughs> okay, so I've, I've mentioned this before, I think, in the Ant-Man episode, but I, I because I'm obsessive, I keep a ranking list of every MCU movie from my perspective. Iron Man 2 ranks as, do you want to take a wild guess, out of the 20? Uh, out of the 20 Marvel films, where does Iron Man rank for you? I'm going to say in the bottom half. Just a wild guess. Okay, good. <laughs> so we've ruled out. So, so between twen- 10 to 20, where do you think Iron Man 2 hits? Um, I don't know your thoughts on Thor, the Dark World. You like Ant-Man, so that's a knock. You probably don't like Avengers 2. I'm going to say 16 or 17. Close. Iron Man 2 ranks as number 18 on Mm. my MCU rankings list. Okay. Give us a quick rundown. What's your bottom five of the MCU? Bottom five? Oh, shit. Let me pull it up. I got got the list on my phone. Yeah, I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Bottom five being... So, 16 would be Thor. 17 would be The Incredible Hulk. Mm, Yeah, fair. 18 would be Iron Man 2. 19 would be Thor The Dark World. And 20 would be Iron Man 3. Oh, that's right. I forgot that you didn't like Iron Man 3. I Damn. hate that movie. I will make sure to bring you back for Iron Man 3. <laughs> I hate that movie. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, so for Iron Man 2, it has a lot of problems. And yeah. definitely when you're talking about the MCU, those are only like, it's home run after home run. So I would say, you know, if this came back in the early 2000s when we're talking about, you know, the live-action Ben Affleck Daredevil or the Elektra Oh, man, what was another really bad superhero movie? Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. I mean, good if you like Nicolas Cage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, those. if this came out in that time, this would have been, like, a very better movie, but it has so many problems. Things, so many subplots that really don't go anywhere. You waste uh, some key Iron Man-ness, I feel like. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, we got some stuff to talk about. Some stuff that I laughed out loud about that was unintentional. Yeah, it's something. Right. Yeah, I think I rewatched it last year to prep for Infinity War, as I keep mentioning. And for the first half of the film, I honestly remember thinking, oh, okay. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Few issues, but this is salvageable. And then, in like the late second and all of the third act, I was like, "This is fucking dumb. This is really <laughs> fucking dumb." And that's just the biggest problem with this movie. It could have been something good. It really could have been a super dark take on Tony Stark's mortality and confronting it. And then they just decided to like, "Hey, let's be fucking dumb." And that's basically what happened. So, summary. Yeah, let's summarize this bad boy. All right, let's do it. I have to say, when I first started watching this, I thought I was watching a bootleg. Because, you know, I'm a pirate on the internet, and I don't always, you know, abide by the $2 minimum to watch movies. <laughs> and so the Paramount logo shows up, and I was like, oh, this is fake. This isn't real. Damn it. I need to find a new one. And then, no, it actually is this movie. And I – do you know the backstory of that? Because I know there was some, like, rights dispute for a bit with Disney and Paramount. But like, Yeah, of course. It's, a, uh, it's a simple. I mean, Marvel Studios was operating independently. And as most independent studios that want to make a blockbuster do, they collaborate with one of the big giant distributors. So for, for the Iron Mans, actually for most of the MCU Phase 1, it was Paramount. For Hulk, it was Universal, because Universal maintained the rights to that character. So what Marvel Studios was doing is they were getting it distributed that way, but they weren't really selling the rights as they had with Hulk and Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. Instead, what they did was they kind of held off on that, and then when Disney came knocking, they sold all of it to Disney. And that's when the whole company just went under the Disney umbrella, and then you had this weird thing where, okay, well, Fox has the film rights to these characters, Sony has the film rights to Spider-Man, uh, Universal has the film rights to Hulk, so how are we going to do this? And then it just became business decisions and meetings and et cetera, et cetera, stuff that, stuff that you know, I do in my career, but not what you or <laughs> Sam would do. So let's... 
okay. that's basically it. All right, now, now to really summarize this thing. Yeah. Uh, we open it right when Tony Stark reveals that he's Iron Man, and we're in Mother Russia, and we see that this one man, Ivan, played by Mickey Rooney. Drago? <laughs> no. No, not Drago. Oof. <laughs> Literally, oof. <laughs> and his father is slowly dying, and he's trying to take care of him until he passes away, and we see that... Uh, Ivan is not too happy about this and we go on to a quick montage of Ivan working on this sort of tech. We don't really know what it is at first and we just pan over a bunch of Iron Man articles and we finally see that he's making the same stuff that Iron Man did in the cave. The arc reactor is what he's making. And we cut to Tony Stark. And Tony Stark is just living the high life. He's <laughs> real douching it up. And he, you know, putting on the Stark Expo. And uh, after the Stark Expo, he checks his blood toxicity. And you're like, oh, what's that about? So this is where we get the kind of premise that Tony thinks he doesn't have much time left. He thinks it's a matter... I thought this was done really well. Mm -hmm. He he thinks it's a matter of days, and now he's, like, scrambling to figure this shit out. And, like, uh, all of a sudden, hey, it's Sam Rockwell. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we have... Yeah, so we do the whole quick expo part. I also thought this was weird, because Tony talks about how it's the, like, longest piece... The longest period of peace in the United States for a while. It's been, like, two fucking years. It's been six months. Oh, it's been six months? Oh, two years before the movie came out, but six... Yeah, you're right. Chronologically, it's been six fucking months. I'm like, hold your horses there, dude. There's yeah. a, it's not like everyone's getting attacked for all like every month. Yeah, I not till the Avengers show up. Yeah, exactly. And I, I also he... thought that was so ironic that there's going to be constant attack once the Avengers come and yeah. that they have to sign their own accords, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of the accords, this is where we get some like weird political drama. Uh, we have a Senate hearing. I guess in hindsight now, it's like an allusion to Civil War and how Tony's going to like flip sides completely after after the events of Avengers 1 and after the events of Iron Man 3 with his anxiety disorder. But like it, it just doesn't really get resolved within this movie. And like even though the MCU is a connected universe, I don't want to like go to another movie to look for the answers to this one. Right. So when anyway, hey, it's Don Cheadle. Yeah, so they are at a Senate hearing where they talk about the Iron Man suit and how it's a real weapon of mass destruction. And Sam Rockwell's there giving a presentation about how it's so destructive. And who comes in that is a little different from the first one? Yeah, so Don Cheadle is now playing Colonel James Rhodes of the United States Air Force and Tony's BFF. Not, Not Terrence Howard anymore. It's Don Cheadle now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's a little bit of, like, a thing between the two, and you can tell Tony's obviously the reckless one, and Rhodey is, like, his kind of by-the-book friend before he meets Captain America. One thing with the Senate hearing, you know, I can suspend my disbelief for a bit, but having senators understand technology, too much, oh, yeah. man. No, not at all. They, <laughs> they'd be like, how do you charge the Iron Man? <laughs> okay, so real quick, like, sh- Quick shots firing. Uh, Tony randomly gives the company to Pepper, hires a hot assistant. Um, well, she works in legal. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> okay, hold up. Can I talk about this for a sec? Sure. Because, all right, so when Widow totally, like, grapple fucks Happy in the ring, like, okay, yeah. Happy and Tony are, like, practicing their boxing, and they decide to call in call in this, this girl that just got hired named Natalie Rushman, and... She, like, comes into the ring, and Happy's, like, trying to teach her about boxing, and she totally pulls, like, some, like, like UFC shit on him and <laughs> pins him to the ground. Like, I think she gets him in, like, a fucking triangle joke. The whole point of her being there is to be S.H.I.E.L.D.'s, like, eyes and ears on Tony Stark. Wouldn't that raise so much suspicion? Like, who the fuck casually grapples somebody in a boxing ring when, like, Happy's just being a sexist ass? Like, who casually fucking does that? I mean, she works in legal. This is, like, requirements to pass the bar here. You oh, have to Yeah, do it. no, if, if you want to pass the bar, you have to you have to know how, like, you have to have a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, apparently. Yeah, dude, why do you think it's so difficult to pass the bar? <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining all my favorite UFC fighters as lawyers, and that's not going well. But, yeah, uh, anyway, so Tony, uh, again, going really quick, Tony decides 
you know, he's going to keep being reckless and just be super self-destructive. And he decides to play real-life Mario Kart in Monaco. Yes, so let's set this up a bit more. He decides to go to Monaco, and Pepper Potts is now the new CEO of the company. And they just go around, like, this dining area meeting different people. And I did a double take on this. Elon Musk is in this movie. (laughs) What? (laughs) That is so bizarre. And also, like, okay, so Elon Musk is now in the MCU. That's I just find that hilarious because Elon gets the lazy comparison people like to make in real life is that Elon is like real life Iron Man, which I'll get into the politics of it at some other time. But that's not true <laughs> at all. You're all not looking at the full picture. I mean, if we Elon's had to, not put, gonna save the world, <laughs> if we had to put bets on who's going to make an Iron Man suit just because my money would be on Elon Musk. Like, you know, right. sorry, Mark Zuckerberg, but right. Well, OK. To that point, if we had to put our money on who's going to create real-life Ultron, my money would be on Zuckerberg. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sure he's working on it right now. Yeah, I'm sure he's working on it right now. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yes, now... We, I just think it's funny that Elon's in this scene, and he he's compared to Tony Stark in the real world, and his whole shtick is, like, renewable energy, and Tony's fucking walking around with the actual <laughs> source of renewable energy <laughs> in his chest. So, like, wouldn't that just make Elon completely obsolete in this world? I just... Someone needs to make a fan theory about how Elon Musk is the real villain of the MCU. Like, I just can't wait for that to circle around. <laughs> like, maybe they, in Avengers 4, they go and find Elon Musk for time travel. Thanos just, just wanted the there. Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> Thanos just wanted the new Tesla. All right. So, uh, yeah, what happens in Monaco? Uh, so they introduce all these other, you know, people. We see Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer again. They have Tony and him have a little more, like, back and forth but it's really just tony roasting on him yeah and for whatever because tony feels like he's losing life and everything he just decides he's gonna like what you said gonna play mario kart in real life yeah so he hops into this sports or not sports car nascar not even nascar it's, it's Formula yeah it's One. literally it's it's like a real life nascar ring yeah so he hops in starts driving around pepper Potts is just like what's going on uh and i'm like him driving a car is the thing that's freaking you out he's iron man yeah, but, like, I mean, I can see where Pepper's <laughs> worrying about this. Anyway, the worrying gets a little more, found, like, I guess, reasonable when all of a sudden Ivan comes out of nowhere and he's got fucking magic whips, bruh. Yes, and he just starts whipping it, whipping it real good god, on it Tony. so stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. I... Like, Whiplash is a, is not a stupid character, but, oh, man, they made this so dumb. They did the best they could, I guess. I don't know. Actually, I mean, Thor's original costume looks pretty stupid in the comics, and they made that look cool, so I'm sure there's a way they could have done it. Yeah, I'll have a suggestion in surgery, but... So, after this, basically this whole exchange happens, Happy and Pepper get Tony the Iron Man suit... This is a pretty cool suit up, not going to lie. Yeah. Tony has a really brief fight with Ivan, and he just, you know, takes Ivan's reactor out. So now the world is apparently freaking out because remember that Senate hearing where Tony was like, no one else has, like, this technology. Someone else has this technology. So Tony goes to confront him in in a very, like, I didn't like this as much as, like, they're trying to get the point across that Tony's a douche. Like, I didn't like this whole thing where Tony's, like, telling him how to improve his own suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's not <laughs> to quote Tony. Not a great plan. Yeah, no, I don't. I I don't think Tony would do that, even if he was trying to stunt. Like he wouldn't do that. Yeah. But um, so Ivan has a speech which gets summed up by a line, and I think this is one of the best lines in this movie, mm-hmm. where he says, "If you can make God bleed, people cease to believe in him." So. That's, like, the most we ever get as to the Ivan-Tony relationship, like, why Ivan hates the Stark so much. Yeah, it is weird that this is the only real FaceTime they have with each other until the finale, like, the climax. Yeah, exactly. Like, it does feel like it should be more into it, and I definitely think we should talk about that later in surgery, but very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. So, then we get the birthday party is the next... Ivan escapes oh, right. like immediately after and the whole way they escape is like really convoluted. <laughs> I feel like there's just like, you know, just open the gate and have someone waiting for him, but they need a exploding potato and a guy that looks like Ivan and they run out and bag him and he is introduced to Sam Rockwell, Justin Hammer, and 
they chit chat for a bit. Ivan yeah. demands for his bird from Russia oh to come my over. God, it was you know. so cartoony. <laughs> uh. Big oof, big oof. Yeah, I like, and I liked what they did with Justin Hammer. I liked that he was being a little like cartoony, realistic. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know why Ivan had to go all weird on it. Look, I have a lot of suggestions for Ivan, but anyway, moving on. So they decide to team up and that they're going to try and not just destroy Tony, but also his legacy. Yeah. (laughs) I think Justin Hammer actually has a good line in there where he's like, yeah, I want to take a dump on his lawn. And I was like, okay, yeah, that works. That's a good line for a character like that. Yeah, I'm just going to hop out of order real quick and I'm just going to, because you could smush these two scenes together, but... Ivan goes to Justin Hammer's place, sees all these uh, Iron Man suits that he has, and he futzes around and says, like, no, you need drones instead, and I'm going to fix them up to make better drones. And yeah. then Justin Hammer's just like, oh, okay, good idea. Not really, but, you know, he goes yeah, and he rolls with weird, it. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah. And so now we go to... Rhodey sees Tony's palladium core super depleted, and, like, Rhodey's like, what the fuck? Like... And I like this because as much as Rhodey was, like, roasting Tony for a bit, he immediately stopped when he realized his friend was in trouble. Right. So I like that. Yeah, no, it it's cool because there's a whole bunch of hectic stuff going on, and they needed more of a bro moment now and then, and this wasn't the best, but at least it was something. Right, so now we get to the birthday, and Tony basically, he checks his blood toxicity again, and he's like, yeah, I'm pretty fucked. And then he, <laughs> he asks, um... So he asks Natalie Rushman, worst <laughs> fucking cover-up name ever, <laughs> like, um, what, uh, if this was your last birthday, what would you do? And she kind of, in a very Carla johansson way, responds like, I do whatever I want. And Tony ends up getting pissed drunk. and um, Literally pissed drunk. Yeah, exactly. And so he's just too drunk to function. Pepper Potts tries to stop him, and he's like, no, we're going to throw an after party. And like, so everyone's there just raging, literally throwing up different bottles of for Tony to smash. They throw a watermelon up there at one point, and then Rhodey comes back and is just yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, I just yeah. went out. I put my neck out for this guy. Like, F this. And he just goes down and takes an Iron Man suit, pops up, and they just have a quick little two-minute battle. Yeah, which this was kind of a wasted opportunity in my opinion. Look, look, I get get why maybe they didn't want to do full-on Demon in a Bottle, which Mm -hmm. if anybody doesn't know, that's one of the quintessential Iron Man stories from the comics. It's basically Tony's struggle with alcoholism. And I I guess this was like the closest thing we got to it. In surgery, I'm going to incorporate more of it. I think you don't have to. Okay. I would personally do it. But I think the way they did it here doesn't really get across the point that he's struggling and, like, you know, this is a death thing. He's, like, having fun. And it, it, the point is this isn't fun for anybody. And, like, everybody else around him is, like, having fun except for Pepper and Rhodey. And it's like, no, this should be a scene where, like, it gets weird. Like, nobody is enjoying this party. And, like, yeah, Tony's reputation gets hit a little bit. It should be a scene like that, and they should spend way more time with Rhodes and Tony fighting and, like, just more dialogue here. But I think they kind of wasted this, and fast forward, fast forward, now we get to the... <laughs> well, oh, I, I have to say, I love the technology that's in the background when they're fighting. Like, there's people just, like, with cameras, like, actual cameras, like, recording cameras watching it all. Yeah. They're not all with smartphones, and it's just like, oh, man, I miss back in, what was this, 2011? Film came out in 2010, so probably filmed around like eight, nine. Yeah, God, gotta love it. Back in the days. Back in the day. Um, So then, Rhodes takes the Iron Man suit and just flies off. Literally, he ends up going to one of the army bases, and they're like, "Oh, great, we're gonna give this to Justin Hammer, and we're gonna militarize it all." And (laughs) (laughs) okay, I actually thought the ex-wife joke was kind of funny. Yes. I actually thought that was kind of funny. I'm sorry. I, I apologize, but I thought that was funny. There's a couple of jokes that aren't bad in here. So yeah. uh, Justin Hammer says that he's starting to get his weapons equipped to the Iron Man suit, and one of the what, the main badass weapon is called the ex-wife because it will destroy you. Yeah. You know, it's good. Good job there. Good job, movie. It's, it's perfect for his character because you can just tell, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense for him. <laughs> <laughs> so we find Tony in a giant donut 
Which, oh, that's or, that's not a nod to Infinity War. Like, he's, <laughs> he's, he's just actually in a full-on donut. Nice. And um, Fury basically finds him and is like, hey, what the hell are you doing? And, again, this is... I thought they were going to salvage it here because, like, Fury shows up and he's talking to him and explaining Howard Stark to him. And, like, then it's revealed that Natalie Rushman is Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. the Black Widow. And that's when we're like, oh, shit. This is actually getting a little Avenger-y, which is cool. I, I think they maybe, like, put too many references in this, but just this much was fine. Right. So, yeah, Coulson's in this, and that's fine. But honestly, Taylor, you can expand more on this if you want to, but basically, here's where we get to the Tony has to create a new element phase of the movie, and it's just, like... 20, 30 minutes of a snooze fest. Yeah. Which, which sucks because there's some scenes of world building that can be easily glossed over, but like it, it's just, it just blows. Like he goes to Pepper and like has a conversation, which I think wasn't necessary. And then he Whoa. does this diorama hologram. <laughs> shit. <laughs> so this, <sighs> they, uh, Nick Fury and Tony go back to Tony's house and they're chatting and stuff. And, Fury talks highly about Tony's dad, and Tony's like, well, you probably barely knew him. He's like, actually, that's not true. He was one of the founders of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then it's like, oh, snap. And then Nick Fury just dumps on him a huge suitcase of stuff, and he's like, here, go find what you need to survive. Uh, We're going to dip now. And Tony, rightfully so, is so confused about everything. Especially because we know S.H.I.E.L.D. has, like, a fuck ton of scientists working for them. Like, you couldn't spare a few of them. Like, (laughs) Yeah, like, this dude is about to die, and you're just like, lol, do it for the the lols. Yeah. Yeah, so Coulson shows up, tells him that Tony is not allowed to leave the premises, or he will tase him and laugh while doing it. Or he'll tase him and watch, like, um... Desperate Housewives or something as he's drooling on the floor. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, Colson, we need to help you with your uh, TV taste. Yeah, exactly. And so the next scene, we get Tony driving away, not staying at his house. And he goes to Pepper Potts' office, and she's stressed out of her mind about all the things that are going wrong. And then, uh uh-oh, what's playing on the TV? It's Fox News, which is very strange. Like Pepper, you never watch Fox News. <laughs> and it's not just Fox News. It's Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> Bill O'Reilly's just talking about how awful Pepper is at her job of being CEO. Uh, and it's probably because, uh, oh, I see why this aged super badly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Bill O'Reilly's a notorious sexist. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, boy. It was a really weird cameo. Like, uh, weird flex, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yes, they have this whole little... Peppers and Tony have this back and forth. Tony realizes that Peppers has all of his dad's old dioramas out. Yeah. And Tony just... Super weird. Yeah, like, okay. Super weird coincidence. Tony takes all the dioramas back. Then he does some weird hologrammy shit with it. And, like, oh, no, my dad was using these dioramas to teach me that there's a secret element out there all this time. I just didn't buy any of this at all. Like, look, my suspension for belief is like, the fact that I like superhero movies to begin with Mm -hmm. already means that like, I I can believe things. I'm like, okay, sure. Like when, okay. When Nick, when Nick Fury sticks him with the magical, like, Hey, you're not dying as badly anymore. Like juice. I'm like, yeah, all right, fine. I can deal with that. But this, I cannot fucking deal with. The How convoluted does this movie think it has to be for them to make me believe that Howard Stark was on the verge of something, already knew about it, didn't do it himself, but put it in a diorama for his son to solve? Yeah, I feel like just knowing the character of Tony's dad, he would want as much credit as he could get, you know? He wants to be known as the big genius. Yeah, he would have used that technology ASAP. Yeah. If he figured... The point is, he didn't even figure out the arc reactor, and Tony did. So you mean to tell me that Howard knew something, like, about the arc reactor? Like, Howard was on the verge of it, and they acknowledged that Anton Vanko, Ivan's dad, wanted to sell it for profit... Howard was like, no, and then before Howard could complete it, that's when he died. I don't know. It's it Anyway, it, It's on. very convoluted, and it doesn't make too much sense. But anyways, now Tony synthesizes this new um, atom or... Uh, this new you know, element that's impossible to synthesize, but fucking Iron Man does it anyway. Literally, next scene, he synthesizes it. Yeah. And the thing is... 
this t- this does not seem very like Tony. Um, you know how Tony has to move that huge beam to get like the beam of light to get into the one like Iron Man element thing. Yeah. Why doesn't Tony just move that table over instead of destroying half of his basement? Yeah. Come on, Tony. Not not a great plan, man. I don't not know, a great man. plan. Anyway, so now we move back to Ivan and Justin Rockwell. Justin Justin Hammer going back and forth. Ivan has not been able to deliver on his robots, drones, and saying they won't be ready to present for the Stark Expo. And so now Justin comes in and is like furious, like, oh, I'm going to take away all your shit. And he takes away his bird. Oh, no, not the bird. He should just give him the bird. Da-dun. If you get it, get it. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways... Justin takes the drones that he can and is going to show them off at the expo. The only thing they can do is salute, and he, they're just going to show off all of Rhodey's stuff yeah. of Iron Man. It's a very, like, pro-America thing where it's like, oh, we got all these drones, and, like, they can they can salute, and, oh, shit, here comes Colonel James Rhodes in a new pimped-out Iron Man suit, oh, and he's part of the military. Yeah. America! America! <laughs> So they're at the expo, all that happens, and Tony flies in and tells them about how everything's about to go to crap, and they need to get all the civilians out, and that Rhodey's machine's not, like, you know, safe. And right after he says that, the drones come alive, and... So I guess they were ready. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, Ivan was totally lying to him about it. He just wants to destroy everything. I just think it was very... Poorly done, but anyway. Yeah, no. So these drones are attacking uh, Iron Man now. They're flying around. It's a cool little chase scene, I have to admit. There's some humor in there. Uh, yeah, it's your typical it's your typical MCU third act action quippy brouhaha deal. And, you know, it's just this time Ivan's all buffed up with a new suit and Tony's teamed up with Rhodey. So, like, oh, shit, more than one hero? Whoever would have possibly thought that could happen? <laughs> and then we get, like, 15. <laughs> So, yes, they have this whole fight. Really cool fight. I have to give them props to that. Pepper Pops is hanging. Pepper Pots. (laughs) Say that five times. Pepper Pots, Pepper Pots, Pepper Pots, Pepper Pots, Pepper Pots. (laughs) She's trying to make sure all the civilians are fine. Uh, She gets Justin Hammer arrested for all everything. Tony defeats Ivan, who comes and is trying to be all badass, but it looks really weird. And he realizes that Ivan is setting off a detonator and that all the drones there are going to explode. And, of course, Pepper Potts is right next to one of the drones. Tony goes in, swishes her up, picks her up as every all the drones explode in like a fireworks thing. She puts her down and she just resigns as CEO. It's just like, I cannot handle this. The stress is too much and everything. Tony then is like, no, you shouldn't. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rhodey's there, and he's just like, oh, you two, get a room. <laughs> and it's pretty much it. I yeah, say. so I Ivan blows himself up super disappointingly. Yes. Um, Tony gets relegated to a consultant for S.H.I.E.L.D. rather than an Avenger, which I thought this was super inconsistent, which I'll definitely fix in surgery. Uh-huh. And then we end because, you know, Coulson finds Thor's hammer, yay. <laughs> yeah, oh, I have to say the senator comes back, of course, and is, oh, has yeah. to uh, give them all, Brody and Tony, all these pins for like, oh, acting so bravely. And, you know, it's just a little like, haha, nice F you. Yeah. And then, yes, Coulson finds Thor's hammer. Dope. Pretty cool. Good shit. I was pretty... Actually, when I watched this movie and I saw the Thor hammer, I was like, oh, I'm excited. Oh, yeah. No, same. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, shit. It's happening. It's happening. Avengers. So, yeah, that's Iron Man 2. It is a bit of a mess. It yeah. feels like the pre to everything Avengers. Like, they're trying to set it all up. And I do think this is when Marvel is still trying to find its formula yeah to everything. it's not it's not like a wolverine situation like we did last time where i just had to undo the entire thing and build right. it up surgery is de- is kind of going to follow the same beats mm-hmm. like there is something here there's just little tweaks i mean i'm i think just in general with the film like they were probably just rushed and that's sort of weird to say because the first Iron Man was such a shit show when, you know, making it because the writers were on strike. No one had a real actual shooting script. 
And Robert Downey Jr. just sort of improved a lot of his lines. Yeah. And that's why Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man, the character, are just so in sync is because it's just Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I, I wish they had more time with it, but I bet they were just pushed through. They still had the uh, Marvel committee at this point, right? Like, that's yeah, when it was first being... Yeah, they still had that whole thing. So I'm sure that was a big part of it. There were too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. And, you know, we're, these two cooks are going to spice something up for you right now. We're going to add a, make this movie a little more tasteful. Yeah. So let's just hop into surgery. Yeah. All right. So these character introductions are pretty weak. Yeah. Like, Ivan's intro is so lame. Like, it's like, I I guess, like, oh, cool. Like, I get that, oh, his dad died. I feel sorry for him. You might as well just put a giant, like, hashtag Russians are scary, like, sign on to the theater for, like, two minutes, and there we go. Yeah, and just have a bunch of, like, vodka lining the walls with all the Iron Man articles. Yeah. Is there anything we could do to make him cool? I'm going to, we'll come, there's two character, two more character introductions I want to deal with after this, but. Ivan should not be the main antagonist here the point of this film should be that tony's biggest enemy is himself and Mm -hmm. that carries on to the rest of the movies that's how it started out ivan shouldn't he's a physical embodiment of his of the villain but he's like he has valid motivations for doing what he does so my take on his introduction would be leaning a lot more into the whole like the starks fucked us up fucked us over Uh and i wish there was a little more dialogue between ivan and anton like i wish it wasn't so much of a like anton being like that should have been you anton just watching it and being like you know sitting there and ivan being the one to be like i'm I'm gonna avenge you like this is ridiculous i rather would have had to be other way around where anton's like let it go i've forgotten about it but ivan's like no they fucked us over they're the reason we're in this mess just have some dialogue there, just so, like, we kind of know. Because th- this movie cannot pull off, like, the Creed two introduction to, like, Ivan and <laughs> Ivan and Victor. Because we don't know these characters. Mm. We know who Ivan Drago is when we watch Creed two. We don't know who Anton Vanko and Ivan Vanko are. Right. What do you think about this? I sort of want, like, the opening maybe be, like, some type of robbery or something. Like, a bank heist going wrong. Or going right, I guess. And the people that are stealing this stuff are using Iron Man tech. Like, say it's just leftover tech when Tony was in Afghanistan. And so that brings the senators and stuff in like, oh, we really need to talk about this because there are legit people running around with your tech. And it's, you know, not the best. Sort of like how in Spider-Man Homecoming, they have all the underground black market tech. And so Tony doesn't take it very seriously. He's like, oh, whatever. You know, these are these guys are doing petty crimes like. Nothing too big. And then when we see those robbers are, like, hanging out with all their money and stuff, Ivan comes up. He's in shadows and everything. And he's like, give me your tech. And they're like, who are you? Whatever. And he's like, I am Ivan, and I don't want your money or anything. I want your tech. And they're like, no. And then we see him do some hand-to-hand combat Mm -hmm. and just take – he still doesn't take the money. He just takes all the tech and walks off with it and sort of duplicates it and makes it more his whips, you know? (laughs) So I think you're – yeah, I I think you're going in a different direction I'm going because in in my pitch for this, Tony would care about other people using his weapons so much because I think that carries over from Iron Man 1. So if you're going to have that happen – Tony's going to be there and Tony's going to fuck it up, fuck it up for them. That's true. That's that, that would be my way of it, but like, keep going with what you're doing. So what if then he does care and he tries, Tony follows up trying to find all the people, like all the, um, robbers and everything. Cause he wants to beat them before the government does. So he can make sure he has his own tech still. And then he's sort of following like, Oh, who is this uh, Ivan guy and everything. And we'll, I'm going to, we'll come back to when they first meet. Cause I do like that. They have, the car scene as their first interaction. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, I like that a bit more, because you're right, Tony would give care about his tech being out there. Yeah. Another character introduction, Rhodey, man. Yeah. It's so lame, I, especially I, yeah. for the new guy. I get it, because you don't want to confuse audiences too much with Terrence Howard being out now, and you just need to be like, here's Rhodey. This is Rhodey. Do you get that this is Rhodey? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Tony, uh, Rhodey, like I said, he needs to be kind of the um, more stricter, like, he's a military man. He should right. be, there should be, like, kind of an allusion to what Cap is going to go, or what Tony and Cap are going to go through, just in a more, like, friendly way. Because Tony and Cap are so larger than life, 
Rhodey's not. Rhodey's a humble guy, mm-hmm. and Tony's not. So it's <laughs> that that should be the relationship there. But um, yeah, I agree. That was it was very like expositiony. Well, I sort of get it because Terrence Howard being out, introducing him again, like that's just something difficult to yeah, deal with. Yeah, they kind of dug themselves into a hole there. Yeah, you don't want like. You don't want him to, like, be fighting off people and then, like, he's wearing an Iron Man suit and takes off the mask. He's like, hey, Tony. And Tony's like, Rhodes. And he'd be like, what? That's not, yeah. that's confusing. But, eh, I, I sort of give a movie pass on that, but still, it's a problem, unfortunately. And so the last character introduction I want to talk about, Black Widow. Oh, God. Okay. This was the most god fucking day. You know it's early MCU and you know there's, like, too many people involved, especially studios. Because... Mm-hmm. This was such a sexist introduction. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to fucking say it. It really was. First thing you notice about her, oh, she hot. And, like, right away, Pepper's, like, jealous right away. And, like, <laughs> Tony's, like, looking her up and is like, oh, she modeled. And, like, oh, and, and like, oh, she speaks Latin. And Pepper's like, well, Latin's a dead language. And then and then she goes and fucking, fucking chokeslams happy to the ground. This is just, like, this could have been, I'm definitely going to go into this in surgery, but this could have been done so much better. Well, do you have an idea for her introduction at all? Yeah, just... Well, you can just tell your introduction real quick, like, what you would want her, what scenes you'd want to be a part of. Yeah, so, same same thing, but super simple. Pepper goes, hey, Tony, this is my assistant. So that way, when the reveal happens later, it's like, you don't want to, like, throw her in right away. You want to, like, gradually build up Black Widow Mm -hmm. so that when the reveal happens, you're like, oh, shit. So that's way that way every time you're seeing Widow, you're seeing this person, she gets more and more interesting. So the first time you see her, it's just, hey Tony, I hired an assistant. And he's like, Cool. Hey, how are you? And like maybe they can shake hands and um she's like, uh, Miss Potts put me Miss Potts has also put me in charge of um, you know, helping you out as well. So let me know if you need anything. And Tony would be like, Cool, we'll do and just kind of not really pay attention to it. And then maybe like Pepper, Pepper will sh- seek out her advice in Monica. Like, did you know this was happening? And she was like, no, Miss Potts, I'm so sorry. Then at the birthday party, Tony can talk to her and she has a little more something to say. And then we get the bomb that she's Black Widow. And then she goes on a like ass kicking tirade. Okay. Which, by the way, in the actual film, after this amazing badass fight where I was like, okay, cool. She fucking pepper sprays someone. Like, ha 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 ha, she's a woman. Ha, get it? Ha 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 ha. Fucking hell. Anyway, huge notes on Widow. Yeah, she needs some improving on. So I'm going to make it come full circle now. I want Black Widow's introduction to be in the restaurant where they're in uh, Monaco. Yeah. This is also where I want Ivan's first interaction with Tony to be, is at the restaurant. So say he's talking to Elon Musk and Justin Hammer, you know? They're just shooting the shit. Yeah. And then Ivan comes, and it's just using his whips, and it turns into immediate, like, whoa, what the hell's happening? It's a little crazy. And so now Tony's trying to get the Iron Man suit from Happy. We have some, like, oh, shoot, the, the case won't open. What's the code? Oh, I don't know. What's the code? It's uh, blah, blah, blah. And so now Ivan's going and trying to attack him, and now Black Widow's here being like, shoot, I need to actually, like, use force now. To save everyone, so then she starts being badass, hitting Ivan around, actually holding her own, and not beating him up. And you know, Tony's like, "Is this an assistant job or like a bodyguard job?" Yeah. It's like, "Oh." And then we get Tony gets on the suit, fights Ivan down to the race car scenes or where the races are going on, and then the race cars are just like other things in the fight that are going on. Like, you know how you're playing Super Smash Bros and just some yeah. things will throw, come at you? Okay, sort of yeah, like that. so you want to keep the action lively, yeah. I get yeah, that. because Tony going into the car is just, like, pretty unrealistic, even for being a bazillionaire as for him. I get what they're trying to do with him being like, oh, my life's dying, I'm just going to do whatever I want. But also, Ivan's like, oh, Tony's going to hop in this car and I'm going to go <laughs> into the middle of the race car track to fight him that like that doesn't make sense i think it's better if he just like he's at a restaurant he doesn't have a suit i'm gonna attack it makes it more organic to show that black widow is actually a badass there's some humor there with happy and stark we still get the cool background fight with all the cars flying through thoughts yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd do it different. I'd do it a little differently. Like I said, I want to keep the widow reveal a lot more gradual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, I think maybe we can have Ivan there and we know who he is, but Tony doesn't. And maybe like 
Ivan can shake his hand and like talk to him and be like, yeah, I hear a lot about you, Mr. Stark, like blah, blah, blah. And he was like, so I wonder um, how much of this is you like learn from your father and like stuff like that. Okay. And that we can get the first thing where Tony's like, eh, I don't talk about my dad. And then Ivan waits for Tony to get on TV or get in a public light because he's like, it's Tony Stark. There's only a matter of time before there's a camera on him. And when there's a camera on him, that's when Ivan goes to work because that's the whole point of what Ivan wanted. True. Okay. Yeah, that works. Oh, I like that. So another thing I sort of wanted to tackle with it, with fixing stuff up, is the relationship between Rhodey and Tony. Yeah. Because they are, like, very good friends, Not if not, they're best friends. Yeah, they should be best friends, but Rhodey is not afraid to tell Tony when he's being a fuck-up. Yeah, I feel like they're good friends in this. They're not best friends. Yeah, exactly. Like, their fight during Tony's birthday is just so, like, milk toast, like, like you, with emotion driven wise you don't you don't get like a bucky steve vibe yeah and that's something that you should have with these two i'm trying to think this out because i want roadie to be in the suit and i feel like once i i need a reason for why roadie has is he's given orders to get the suit to the military base and he's just trying to be a loyal soldier and that's where tony and him butt heads a bit but like i need a reason why roadie's getting in the suit instead of just Tony, you're being a dick, you know? Right, so I do have something for that, um, which is, I'll go into it specifically, but it's kind of an MCU headcanon, like something that's talked about on, like, Reddit that we all kind of agree on, Mm -hmm. that because Tony thought he was dying, he coded the second suit to match with Rhodey Mm. for the inevitable moment where he dies. And that's that's the story. But it's like a very, like I said, it's a headcanon. It's very far-fetched because Rhodey wouldn't have known that. He just kind of, the movie makes it seem like Rhodey just walks in, steals a suit, and is like, dope, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a specific way to tackle that. But that is kind of the, what I'm going off of, like that, that weird headcanon that, you know, some people online came up with. Besides Rhodey being a soldier and Tony being like, a whatever man what's a conflict that they can have i think Rhodey should agree with the senators okay i think Rhodey should agree with the senators but back tony up because of tony's argument that like they don't have the technology yet okay so i, I think Rhodey will be like look senators i hear your concerns and honestly i agree with you but mr stark says the truth that all these countries aren't even there and also i think you should be concerned that hammer tech is involved in some of these so mm-hmm. like Rhodey should be just like the moral center of this <laughs> and it's it's hard to make him that because i think it's a wasted opportunity what they did in iron man 2 with him but he should be the moral center of all of this and when that that way when tony fucks up that's when Rhodey can be like all right you're you've lost it i feel so shitty for defending you like what the hell okay so confront this so does he like get the military and everything and they sort of just like surround the house and barge in and they're like no he wouldn't do that because Rhodey's a good i know Rhodey is but say Rhodey is under orders because i feel like you know he doesn't want it he he takes orders that he doesn't want to do you know yeah and we sort of set that up well i feel like they set it up with Rhodey not wanting to present the act like the out of context paragraph but he does it because he's under orders and then the military guy is like hey this is an order do it and Rhodey's like okay so, like, maybe he's reluctantly doing this, and Tony then fights all the soldiers. Is sort of like, Rhodey, aren't we friends, like, WTF? And he's like, Tony, I'm just following orders. Like, the tech is somewhere else, and the government needs to know what they're dealing with and how they can protect against it or use it for their benefit. Yeah. Okay, I think we can work with something like that. All right, cool. So what's next? Can we just talk about real quick how it is weird that Hammer Tech is in the beginning in the Senate hearing? Yeah. And that they don't really care. Like, he's yeah. dealing with it's North su- Korea or, yeah, like... super weird. If a U.S. arms dealer... If it was proven that a U.S. arms dealer was working with a dictator, wouldn't everybody <laughs> be all over that? Like, I mean, I guess it's a, like, weird allusion to Trump America, but, like, this... No, like, I feel like back then America would be like, what the fuck? Like, let's go in there and kick their asses. Like, yeah. Oh, F this guy. Yeah, that exactly. Was just, it was just weird. Hot Hammer would be completely out of business. Yeah. Big thing that they should have brought up in the Senate hearing. Because, like, yeah, arms dealers, they do backdoor deals all the time, but the rule is don't get caught, and Hammer just got caught. Yeah. And it's like, everyone's just like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Uh, 
I want to cut out just all the element stuff in general. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying and what the movie's saying. They is dug like, themselves into a hole with the whole palladium poisoning thing. Uh-huh. So that's why some people online think that if they just did Demon in a Bottle, that would have been easier to overcome. I think if you want to tackle an actual addiction issue, that's like that might be tougher to overcome, and it might be a little more... You'd be walking on thin ice with that. So... I kind of tried to merge the two, but, um, yeah, they, they did dig themselves into a hole with the whole, like, palladium poisoning thing. I think what you're saying with the devil in a bottle is definitely a way to do this, and you'll elaborate on that in a bit, because that stuff just completely slows the movie down, and it... I mean, I was pretty into the film until that stuff started happening, and the then... The half-assed apology with Pepper wasn't necessary. That's like, a, that's like, I could take that entire thing out and nothing would change. Yeah, yeah, just strawberry stuff and yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, okay, quick thing I want to get rid of. Is there any way we can involve Tony in the suit more? Because he's in the suit yeah. for maybe like 20, 30, not even 30 minutes, 20, 25 minutes I think most. we can have him, I would say maybe a little bit more, just, just more time with the roadie fight. Okay. And more time with the um in the Stark Expo maybe because again I wanted this movie to be more again confronting himself rather than cuz Iron Man is the best of him mm-hmm. and Tony Stark is the worst of him. He kind of has like a weird Bruce Wayne Batman thing going on there. Yeah, I wanted this movie to be very like Tony centric. Yeah. Any other way we could not have the Senate hearing stuff cuz people unless you follow politics, may not know what's going on or, like, really care because, you know, politics is, in general, pretty boring. Yeah, but I think it can... I think it could be better done. I think it could be done a lot better. Well, like, how do we portray that this technology is going everywhere and, you know, are, are people on YouTube being like, Tony, he's so inconsiderate with everything? Or, like, is it another news montage or no i think they just need to provide more context and tony not being like a total douche in the hearings Uh like for the camera i think he just needs to like i think they need to address this problem and tony needs to show that he is on the other side of an issue not he's just ignoring it because tony stark is many things but not opinionated is not one of them like tony's a very opinionated person he's always going to take a side that's half the reason civil war happened because he decided to be drastic and so did Steve. So that's what these characters are, and that's that's kind of why they're the leaders of the Avenger. But at the at the same time, like it's why they making more decisions mean you have a more a bigger chance of making the wrong ones. So I think Tony should be a lot more decisive rather than just fuck you, fuck you, fuck you <laughs> like the whole thing. Okay, cool. That's all I really think of for the surgery stuff that I wanted to hit on. I know you have sort of like a mini pitch and like wanted to explain a bit more about the devil in the bottle uh is there anything else that little things you want to tackle right now before you do that uh i think i'll get into all of it at the same time Uh, all right it's all you all right iron man 2 revised edition let's start at the beginning like i mentioned main point here tony's biggest enemy is himself this is a self-destructive character the other two ivan and hammer they have valid motivations for doing what they do hammer is just a ruthless businessman and he's like this is my competition Ivan is, like, with the whole thing with his father, blah, blah, blah. By leaning into that aspect of the film and cutting all the bullshit, we can come up with a pretty strong sequel. I think maybe even stronger than the original because there is just a lot to work with here. So, like we talked about Ivan, give him some context right away and make him less, like, villainy. Just make him intimidating, but at the same time, make it being, like, this is somebody you're sympathizing with right off the bat. So, let the Stark Expo happen and let him be less pompous about it, just more like an innovative thing. Like, Welcome to the Stark. Kind of like what Howard Stark did in Captain America 1. Mm-hmm. Something similar to that. Because, again, it'll, it'll be cool to see that, you know, in the next few movies. It'll be a nice little parallel. But um, we need to see the progression of Tony's recklessness in a way that we think it's, like, we're seeing it gradually. And then eventually he's going to drop it that, like, he's been like this for a while and he's just getting worse. This comes in three points between three people. He should be there to, that should be there to emphasize it. One, he's ignoring himself and his own health. That should be pointed out through Happy, because Happy does spend the most time with him. Two, he's ignoring the company, which should be pointed out through Pepper, because Pepper spends the most time with the company. Mm-hmm. Three, he's ignoring his moral duty to the world as Iron Man, and that gets pointed out through Rhodey, because, again, Rhodey is the moral counterpart to Iron Man. If you remember from the last movie... Tony shut down all weapons manufacturing and basically tried to do the whole road to redemption thing. 
but that barely ever really gets brought up again. He dealt with the physical fallout of it in Obadiah last time. This time, it's time to deal with the mental fallout, and it should be very obvious that this is a tougher battle for him. We can show the Stark Expo. He checks his blood toxicity. He sees it, immediately has a flask, grabs it, starts drinking, and that's when Happy can come through and point out, like, hey, didn't you already finish a bottle of, like, I don't know, something, something rich people drink? Uh-huh. Hey, didn't you already finish a bottle at the penthouse? And they can have, like, a like an exchange, like a... You know how, like, when your friend is, like, a casual alcoholic, but you don't want to tell him because <laughs> it's college and it's, like, whatever, you hope he grows out of it, but okay. you're still kind of concerned? Yeah. That whole deal. Okay. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so then... So Tony insists he's fine. Then comes the whole thing with Pepper. Pepper's hounding him with a bunch of questions about the company, and while Tony is clearly drunk trying to avoid it all, and Pepper doesn't care because she's like, yeah, he had a big night, of course he's drunk. When she brings it up, Pepper can be like, look... We can increase the revenue if we just continued, like, resumed production on weapons project. And Tony's very aggressively going to say, no, all of that shut down. I don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And it's just not happening. And that's when Pepper can kind of level with him and being like, look, Tony, I love that you're being noble and shutting down all the weapons production. But this company has to make money for things to function and we don't have any new projects. And that's when he could be like, well, that's what the Stark Expo is for. And she's like, the Stark Expo is a monument to your ego and you know it. (laughs) And he's like, okay, fine. I can't do this. You do it. So Pepper's like, oh, shit, did you just make me CEO? And that's like crazy because, you know, Pepper is a smart businesswoman. This is what she's always wanted. He proposes a toast. They drink. And again, Pepper's not really noticing this because she's kind of in her old (laughs) like thing right now. Because, again, her thing is the company, the company, the company. Obviously, she cares about Tony, but, you know, she has a priority. That's her job. As Pepper leaves, cut immediately to Tony just barfing in his bathroom. Like, he's defeated. And as he's going to bed, he opens up his reactor, takes out the palladium core, and that's when we see it. Like, it's fucking brutal. He has a bunch of, like, saved pictures of, of old headlines from Stark Industries' weapon design past. And even, like, a headline of terrorist attacks that it's implied that that's the terrorists use Stark weapons. So as Tony tries to get some sleep, Jarvis is like, Reminder, sir, you have a flight to D.C. in three hours for a Senate hearing. And Tony's like, ah, shit. And he's, like, super drunk, and he's just like, just initiate packing protocol. And then he goes to bed. Next morning in D.C., Senate hearing can play out kind of as it does. Honestly, keep Justin Hammer the way he is for the most part. I think Sam Rockwell was amazing, and I think you really, like, understand how, you know, who he is and what he's doing. Then we can get... So, yeah, then we get the introduction to Rhodes, and it's... It's similar, but it's a little more, like I mentioned, Rhodes is agreeing with the Senate, but he's like, but we don't have enough evidence to show that other countries have this technology yet. Mm -hmm. I think we need more time, blah, blah, blah. And then after that, Rhodes can like kind of whisper to Tony, like, I just saved your ass. You better play ball with them at some point. (laughs) Like, and then we get our intro for fake widow, Natalie Rushman, not sexistly and no fucking Olympic wrestling on happy. Just, (laughs) just, just keep it simple. Hey, Tony, this is my assistant, blah, blah, blah. So then we get Monaco, and it kind of plays out like it does, and we can talk about how we how we talked about it. Okay. If we're still having Tony doing the driving, let's kind of make it evident that Tony is driving buzzed. Just oh, to add a okay. little more of a, like, a layer to it. Don't give Vanko's suit the whips just yet. Let's face it, it looked kind of dumb on the incomplete suit. I think just give him repulsor gauntlets to drive home the fact that this is like, he has a similar technology. Mm-hmm. He hasn't innovated yet. But he's on the verge of it. So make it like a, a less armory version of the first suit that he made in Iron Man 1 in the desert. And again, Tony's confrontation with Ivan should not be cartoony. This is where Ivan gets a chance to confront Tony about the past. And he's like, do you even remember the name Vanko? Like, he's responsible for everything you are. Like, blah, blah, blah. Ivan's, Ivan's intense. Honestly, I'm kind of giving Ivan a Killmonger vibe. Oh, okay. minus all the Minus all the political implications, because that's, that's just for Black Panther. But... I'm giving Ivan a Killmonger vibe in the sense that, like, you fucked with my family, I'm going to take your throne type thing. That sends Tony spiraling even more because Tony's already been thinking about his past and brooding over it. And he's like, oh, fuck, it's caught up with me. Right. Like, this is it. This is the guy. And here, Rhodey finds Tony at his place. So Rhodey comes in and is kind of monologuing and is yelling at him about how careless he is. Everything they're gonna Rhodey's going to have to do to the Senate now, how, like, the military's up his ass, like... Everything is going shitty, and Rhodey's like, will you fucking say something? Right. And 
he's like, you have a moral obligation to control what you created and blah, blah, blah. Like, you, you need to play ball like here. That's when Rhodey realizes Tony is pretty much unconscious. Tony maybe slurs his word and Rhodey, like, helps a stumbling Tony to the bathroom. Get And then as he's going to the bathroom, Tony's like, no, 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 it's the Palladium. And Rhodey's like, what the hell? And that's when Jarvis comes mm-hmm. in and he's like, hey, um, yeah, you should take out the core and the arc reactor and Rhodey. And that's when Rhodey's like, what the fuck is happening? And he and Rhodey does notice the bottles, too. We don't see Tony drinking here. We just notice the bottles. This is where Tony's just like confronts him. Tony's like, I can't deal with it anymore. I don't think I'll ever be able to step out of the shadow casted by my father's actions and my own. Rhodey is sympathetic. Rhodey is not going to be an asshole. He's sympathetic. But he gives, he doesn't let up and he gives Tony the facts that either he has to get a hold of himself or Iron Man has to stop. And then Rhodey's going off on this whole thing like, I know you mm-hmm. like to keep your property. I know like it's your adventure. And wrote, and Tony cuts him off and he's like, I'll stop. And Rhodey's like, I'm sorry, what now? Very surprised. And Tony's like, yeah, I'll stop. And um, by the way, I had something for you. And he gives him a package that it is it is addressed to Rhodey. Rhodey's just like, Tony, what are you doing? Like, what's gotten into you? And Tony's like, you'll know when the time is right. So a confused Rhodes looks at the package as he leaves the room. It'll become obvious later, but at this point, some viewers will catch the subtle nod that Tony's given him the second suit, basically. Mm. And, like, it's because Tony's, like, ready to die. Right. So we really need to emphasize the relationships here. For a character as self-sabotaging as Tony it's important for him to have these friends that care about him, even at his lowest lows. I thought people were a little, like, unsympathetic to him after... He was clearly suffering. And if it wasn't, it's clear now. In this rewrite, it's clear now. And now his friends are like, it's one of those things where you're concerned about your friend, even though they're doing the wrong things, but you want them to be better for the... Like, that's that's the first thing you want. So again, Hammer and Ivan can play out like it does. Hammer should stay eccentric. Ivan's not. No, I want my bird. None of this shit. Ivan's a serious character. <laughs> Hammer's eccentric. But let's get to the birthday party. Tony hits his worst. And again, I want this... I don't want this to be like funny drunk guy. I want this to be like problematic, like creepy drunk guy. Like, there is issues. Natalie, Pepper, Happy are all trying to calm things down. The guests are getting uncomfortable. And Rhodey gets there and he's like, okay, I've had it. I just defended him for the last time. And that's when we need to see Rhodey opening up the package and pulling out the arc reactor. Cut back to Tony and he's just losing it. And like people are leaving and um, report like reporters are like people are recording it. And even like cops are showing up. Then enter War Machine. Rhodey's like, get out, everybody. And he's talking to Tony, and Tony can barely stand at this point. Rhodey's like, I brought this thing back because I didn't think I deserved it. But now we're like, here we stand, and the only one who doesn't deserve this is you. And Tony's just so blind rage pissed drunk at this point. The two are duking it out, and this is like, it's not going to be a finessed fight. Like, Tony's going to be swinging, big swing, big blast, whatever. Rhodey's a trained military man. He's going to be slipping punches. He's going to be, like, countering Tony, and he's going to be, you know, basically boxing him up and telling him, like, stop, Tony. Just stop this. Instead of some crazy explosion, I just want Rhodey to deck Tony so hard and it knocks him out. Mm. And I feel like it's a little more symbolic. Tony is knocked out on his ass, and it's his fault. Now we enter Nick Fury. Now, I've always wanted the relationship between Nick Fury and Tony Stark to be more of a mentor-mentee thing. Mm -hmm. So that way, when, like, Tony creates Ultron out of pure guilt or pure, like, fear, Nick Fury is counseling him. He is saying, like, yeah, you fucked up. But at the same time, he's, like, counseling him. So here, I want Nick to be the mentor figure that's going to pull Tony out of this. Also here, I want to make clear the fact that it is revealed Tony has been doing side work for S.H.I.E.L.D. this whole time, Mm. trying to get rid of illegal Stark weapons, among other things. And this explains Tony's cameo in the Hulk movie that happens before Iron Man 2, because it's never really quite established what the relationship between Tony and S.H.I.E.L.D. is before the Avengers. So, now that that's clear, Fury explains Tony's going off about this whole thing of his father and Ivan and blah blah blah. Fury's like, look, Howard was a cold and calculating guy but he was a founding member of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Tony was like, I'm sorry, what? Fury's like, yeah, Howard was just much more concerned with global peace. And like, yeah, sue him. He didn't have as much time for his son or his family as much as he wanted. And hence, that's why guys like Obadiah were able to make backdoor arms deals. But Howard never signed off on those. Look, Howard's no innocent man, but nobody ever is. Fury's cynical, so it's like, okay, coming from him. Fury's like telling him, All that matters is how you choose to rectify your mistakes and how you live knowing that you made them. And that's when we get Widow coming in. Now, that's timed perfectly because, as we know, Widow 
has like a dark past. Right. And Fury can be like, blah, 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 former KGB assassin, top shield operative. Don't give full backstory away, but enough for Tony to kind of be like, oh, shit. Okay, so maybe this is fine. Enough for Tony to get the point that this con- this conversation should give the point that Tony is not perfect. He never will be, but he's also not his mistakes unless he keeps making them. Tony's getting all this and he's like, well, this is great and all, but you know, I'm still dying, right? And Fury gives him the magic, like, magic needle shot medicine whatever the fuck and Mm -hmm. to help with the blood toxicity and fury can make a like snide remark being like yeah this should help with your toxicity including alcohol (laughs) tony can be like shit fury can explain that anton wanted to sell the arc reactor for a profit howard had him deported anton was on the verge of solving the palladium core issue but howard didn't care he decided to do the right thing and he decided he'd figure it out himself but died before he could ivan seems to have figured it out And Fury tells Tony that he is on thin ice from S.H.I.E.L.D., but he says, I don't know if you can figure out what Howard and Anton couldn't. I don't know if you're smarter than Ivan or your dad or Ivan's dad, but I do know the one thing you have that they don't. You have friends. And that's, like, going to be a big thing that kind of... Because obviously, when you're when you're struggling, when you're self-destructive, your support system gets you out of it. Right. And that should be a big thing for Tony, especially going forward with the Avengers. So Tony tries to get work. Tony gets to work trying to figure out the suitable replacement for Palladium. We see him, like, watching footage of Ivan's suit, like, really studying rather than just fucking around. Like, we see him struggling, full science frenzy, blah, blah, blah. Make it super quick montage. He can watch... Then he can watch, like, the old Stark Expo footage and get, like, his dad motivation. I know it's corny, but I liked it. And then we get the third act wrap-up. Tony creates the new core that's not impossible to synthesize. (laughs) It was just really hard to find, but it's not impossible to synthesize. And then Gasp, Ivan's alive, big third act brawl. Tony reconciles with the three amigos. S.H.I.E.L.D. decides to keep Tony on as a consultant, as has been happening. But they mention that his approval for the Avenger Initiative is pending further review and investigation. And Tony's understanding of it, he's like, yeah, I get it. Is there anything else I can do to help? Fury can be like, honestly, no, because the Avenger initiative might not even happen. Because they mentioned that in the first Avengers, <laughs> and it, just, it doesn't, there's no dots connecting. So Fury can mention that. He can just be like, honestly, we don't even know if it's going to be a thing. Because there's that big shield council that oversees them, and they're not excited about the Avenger initiative, but Fury is. And Fury's trying to convince them to work. And he can even say, like, we're trying to convince them we might have found something in New Mexico, which gives some context for Thor. So there we go. That's Iron Man 2. Okay. That's my rewrite. I like it. Yeah. Uh, It's good. I definitely like the alcoholism a lot better than I do any other villain, really. Or, <laughs> I mean, it's just, you, we talk about characters' growth and how they change after a movie. Like, I would say right now, with the current Iron Man movie 2 that we have, Tony doesn't change. Yeah. He survives. Yeah. And with yours, it definitely is more like, I need to overcome this, I can do this. Because uh, the reason I like it is because Iron Man 1, he has a physical problem. His right. weapons... Ironmonger, etc. Iron Man 2, he has a, a mental issue that's focused on him. He thinks he's an issue. He thinks he's a cancer. Like, he's beating himself up. Iron Man 3, post-Avengers, now his issue was with space. Mm-hmm. That's where his anxiety comes from. He, his anxiety basically comes from, we're all fucked and we're all going to die if I don't do something. Right. That's why he creates Ultron. That's why he agrees to the Accords. That's why he's like, when, when Hulk is like, Thanos, like, this guy sent Loki... This is the guy behind New York. Tony says, this is it. And, like, this, we have to really get across the point that Tony beats one problem in the first, beats one problem in the second, but the one that he develops in the third, that anxiety disorder, that's going to carry with him forever. And that's that's a big reason why I hated Iron Man 3 is because they kind of made him willpower it, and it's like, that's not true. His anxiety is portrayed much better in every other movie that's not the movie it originated in. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like the progression of it. He deals with he deals with the physical threats of his past. He deals with he deals with his own self destruction, and then he deals with the rest of the world. That's that's the progression of Iron Man. Okay, nice. Is he he's sober after this, right? Or is he yeah, I, I would say yeah. Like maybe we can see him drink like once or twice when he's stressed, but like not. Yeah, not, no, I, I think that does you know defeat the purpose of the, this pitch right now. Um, yeah. But it is sort of a bummer not being able to see Tony drink and just be an ass. Yeah. I think that 
it does better for the character long term. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like, every now and then. Like, I think, like, the best use of it is when he's talking to Loki. He's like, drink? You want a drink? No? I'm having one. Yeah, like, exactly. That's good. immediately what I was thinking. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, but then we don't have that no, thing. No, I think, I think we can keep that. Because, like, yeah, it was just a self-destruction thing for him. And he's, you know, he's chilling. He's chilling. Yeah, he'll, he'll get better in that regard. But, honestly, Tony feeling defeated is kind of just a meme in the MCU at this point. <laughs> so, it's like, hey, uh, weapons. Hey, uh self-destruction hey anxiety (laughs) and it's like shit you do end up feeling really bad for tony yeah no i feel yeah i feel you okay well is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap on this uh no i think that's all yeah Yeah, that's all for me i think i'm good too i liked all the changes we had i like your pitch and uh good job good good stuff man good stuff yep yeah, so if you guys liked this episode, please, you know, follow us on Twitter at Dr. Script Podcast. It's Dr. Script Podcast. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. It's just Dr. Script. Give if us you if you do like if sorry to cut you off. Oh sorry. If you if you like a uh, if you like music as much as you do movies, make sure to look me up at the Send Tunes podcast available on SoundCloud and Apple. And yeah, that's all. Uh, yeah, make sure if you have the time, please give us five stars on iTunes to help us uh, really grow. Yeah, make sure to follow Saga on Sentunes. Good stuff. If you like listening to, do you want to say what Sentunes is about real quick? Just yeah, Sentunes is a music podcast. It's uh, the mission is to spread positivity by sharing music. Uh, we listen to it so you can enjoy it. So every every episode, we reveal an artist that isn't getting mainstream attention and talk about their background. Uh, go over some of their music, go over a project, and then after that we just do a quick talk about what we liked in music recently and what we didn't like. So, yeah, if you're if you're always looking for new artists, if you're very curious and like good music, hit up Send Tunes. Yeah, it's good stuff. I always send my tunes over. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys so much. Thanks again to our Dr. Sauger. And next always. week we will be Think Dinosaurs, Clones, and Chris Pratt. All right. We'll see you guys next week.